Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Uncork Corner Podcast. I'm Nick. I'm here with my co-host, Bianca. And as always, we are here to bring you the best in St. Patrick's Day foods. Uh, the St. Patrick's Day food. I thought we were talking about St. Patrick's Day booze. And booze. Why not? Let's do it all. I got my green hat on from the Alchemist Brewing in our trip. Stoke I got a green sweater year. on. Perfect. I'm festive. The river's green over in Chicago. They dyed it this year. We got some Irish whiskey here. We got some cocktails, uh, some other fun stuff to talk about. So let's get this thing kicked off and started. Why don't we start by talking about cocktails? So as I understood it, we were both going to bring a cocktail in here that we we're going to make and share the recipe. What did you make today? I didn't prepare ingredients far enough in advance. So I made a recipe that I found called the drunken or the lucky Irishman. Sorry, not drunken. Although drunken might be a better way to put it. The lucky Irishman in it is the simplest recipe. It is two ingredients, Irish whiskey and Bailey's or other cream liqueur. I'm sure it would work. It is only an ounce of each over ice. So that's what we have here. Very exciting. It's the it's the most simple, but it's honestly pretty good. I mean, it's just like a nice, it's definitely like a good dessert drink. Like I made it after dinner for this podcast. And I feel like it is the perfect dessert drink because it's a little bit of cream. It has a nice flavor from the whiskey. I use the Napogue, what is it, 12 year, 12 year aged whiskey? Napogue Castle 12 year, yep. And that it's pretty good. It is tolerable. I enjoy it. I've been tolerable. What a glowing review. <laughs> You know, I don't drink a lot of whiskey, but I, this is okay. Yeah. And, uh, I was thinking whenever I think Irish whiskey cocktails, my mind immediately jumps to Irish coffee and don't worry, although we are drinking an Irish coffee, just because as Bianca said, it is after dinner, it is 9 45 PM here. Um, but that's the cocktail that I wanted to go with for this one. So instead of doing a traditional Irish whiskey, I actually found one that's a slight twist that's not that big of a leap off of it. And basically all it added in along with the coffee and the heavy whipping cream is coffee liqueur. So I threw in some Kahlua for this one, a little splash of it, three quarters of an ounce, uh, along with four ounces of coffee and a heavy whipping cream float, which as Bianca can see on the camera here. It is uh, floating nicely on top of my coffee. And you made, I you made this yourself, the heavy whipping cream float? Yep. It was, Got fancy. Uh, the, yeah, didn't use canned whipped cream or anything. I really did it up today and I used some uh, Coffee Hounds coffee for it. Nice. Actually, I used the, because I needed something quick and easy, one of the pour over pouches from Coffee Hounds, whipped it together, uh, made the perfect amount of coffee for it. Actually, made more than that and we drank the rest. But uh, and along with that, one and a half ounces of also the Napogue Castle 12 for this one. Uh, I chose the Napogue Castle. I have two here, and I know I gave you a sample of each of these as well, and that's what you'll be probably drinking tonight. Uh, we have Napogue Castle 12 and Redbreast 12. I chose the Napogue Castle because it, it seemed a bit more mellow of the two, um, like the like it wouldn't... Uh, overpower the coffee and cocktail as much and it's also I mean I think it's just a bit better of an Irish coffee to use in a cocktail it's a little bit friendlier of a price point than the Red Best 12 and you can get it uh, I feel 
more widely available. Like around here, Hannaford sells them at supermarkets and everything. And I've seen this one basically everywhere I go. Redbreast seems pretty common too, but seem to be in shorter supply and is a bit more expensive. So not exactly the Irish whiskey I wanted to use in a late night cocktail. I'd rather drink that one straight. Well, I've had good experiences with the Redbreast. As I told you, I went to a Redbreast whiskey tasting event. Uh, it was a special dinner. It was like Asian food and Redbreast whiskey, and it was very, very tasty. That's an interesting pairing. Irish yeah. whiskey and Asian food. I believe it was. I'm surprised I didn't That's give you some wrong. of the uh, Japanese whiskey there. Well, it was sponsored by Redbreast. So I'm not sure that would have <laughs> that might not have flew over well maybe not <laughs> but I remember the whiskey was very good we had all different cocktails with it and it was a a pretty interesting I don't know a pretty interesting spirit to work with but we had late night cocktails with those they weren't Irish specific but obviously they kind of are are because... there any other cocktails you could yeah. think of that would be good with the uh, Irish whiskeys off the top of your head <sighs> For one, to get us started, uh, one of the most popular ones that I think everyone knows, uh, it's like Jameson and ginger ale is a very yeah. popular one or just, you know, whiskey, ginger, any sort of whiskey really, or Irish whiskey would go well with it. Just pair a little bit of that, like a ounce and a half shot worth of the Irish whiskey and top it off with ice and the ginger beer, fill up a glass and uh, you're on your way. I haven't made that many whiskey cocktails, so I'm I'm trying to think about it. And I'm looking at the Red Rust website, and they have so many cool different Irish whiskeys. But obviously, we have the Napogue as well, so that's you know a little different. But I don't I don't know. Oh God, I'm so bad. I'm so bad. I mean, couldn't you make like an old fashioned with it? I think you could make a classic old fashioned, just you know, with an Irish Irish spin. Irish spin, yeah, you yeah. could do that. Call it the old Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to, so do you have any of these whiskeys on hand uh, for straight up tasting or did you use them all up in cocktails already? I only used an ounce of the Napoke, so I, I don't. So you Paul's still have a little me, bit less. Paul's getting me the other nips because I forgot to bring them in this room. Thank you. Hand delivery. <laughs> Got it. Although nice. I think you brought me. I don't know. It'll work. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some other cool ones though on 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 the line. We have I saw the one I wanted to make was an Irish whiskey sour, so it looked really cool. Um, but I didn't have the ingredients, so I was really disappointed. So I think I'm gonna have to make that another time. Yeah, that's a that's a any of those sours or something that I haven't really experimented with yet that I want to. I just what do you need for a sour? Why don't you give us uh, that recipe there? And we can talk through it, see what we need for ingredients. Well, there's all different. I mean, there's all different recipes. So it kind of depends what you want to put in it. I mean, some of them are as simple as just adding lemon. And then others, you know, I saw others with grapefruit and all sorts of like this one. Let's see what this one was. They had all different like fun, fruity flavors in them that kind of gave them that. So you could do like grapefruit juice, maraschino liqueur. Some of them have removed, some of them have grenadine. So I don't know, I guess it depends on what your flavor palette would be if you wanted to add garnish to give it a little extra flavor. But I think traditionally it would have like some sort of a syrup, some sort of a juice. 
I'm no cocktail artist. I just nah, yeah, cocktails. no, we leave that to the pros. We just drink them. But we play around good. with them and hope they come out good, and then we drink them, hey, even was, if they're not good. <laughs> I was impressed uh, at how my Irish winter cocktail came out here. But with that said, I think uh, if I was behind the bar somewhere, the customers would be pretty mad because it took me an awful long time to get all the ingredients together and get it just right. Um, well, what so, I'd like to make is a cocktail that actually turns green. So I think I would need a food dye for that. <laughs> I so, feel like that would be a fun one to make just for pictures. I mean, they, there's plenty of uh, liqueurs and everything, I believe, that are green. Could go with absinthe. I've got some absinthe from uh, back on Is that on any good? It's not really my thing. Uh, it seems like it has a very, you know what anise is? Yeah. It's in those little Pizel cookie things, black licorice flavor. Yeah, yeah Sambuca. It's yep. heavy on that flavor, which isn't my thing. I've never really liked that. Um, but with that said, when I did make the uh, espresso martini with it and I just coated the glass with it, it added almost like a minty, like fresh herbal taste to it on top of it. That was actually uh, really good. So I think in small doses, it makes a good addition, but I wouldn't want it all the time. And I don't think I'd be drinking it straight. That's for sure. Um, but it is good, I guess, in some applications. Well, I think for same, I, we're not Irish, so we don't have traditions. Like maybe if you were Irish, you would have growing up. So we don't have like a cool tradition here. So I'm very much like, you know, if I go out and like they have that, but when I think of Irish foods, I, I know I've had like Irish bread before, but I don't know explain off yourself. the top of my head like what, what is an what is an irish bread i had i think it was a soda bread uh to see that might be true because i was looking into it one of my favorite if you want to get into irish foods and stuff before we get into tasting the actual whiskeys uh irish benedict so i was just look kicking around looking at some different irish benedict you know recipes and whatnot and someone put it on that soda bread and i had no idea what it is so you might yes. be right that is what it was. It was an Irish soda bread. And I got it at a local bakery. They happened to have it. I was making an Irish charcuterie board. So it was like a special thing I was doing. And I had used the rabbit hole whiskey that year. And I did all sorts of like, I did like the gold coins, you know, the cheesy stuff. But then I also did some traditional Irish stuff like the Irish soda bread, which I got at the bakery. And that was pretty good. And I think it had raisins in it. I think that that was... That was part of it. Another uh, favorite Irish food of mine, well, uh, little finger quotes there, is every year McDonald's comes out with the shamrock shakes. Oh, That's yeah. always one of my favorites around this time of year. Alex and I got them uh, the other night. We went to McDonald's as our little anniversary celebration, and we picked up one of each. They have a new one that they came out with. I don't know if they've done this in past years, uh, but little known fact on our Alex and I's first date we actually got shamrock shakes at one point I love that so on our anniversary week every year <laughs> it's around this time right before St. Patrick's Day and uh, we hit up Mickey D's and grabbed some shamrock shakes but we noticed this year on the menu they had a mint Oreo shamrock McFlurry 
that we got. So we got one shake and one of those, and that was delicious. The shake was good as always. They, I mean, they kind of got a formula down. Sometimes they put in a little too much of the syrup and it's kind of overpowering, but they got it just right this year. And with that shamrock flurry, it was awesome with the uh, Oreo and everything added in there. It was definitely a nice treat last weekend. Well, not so fun fact. I've actually never had one. What? So, yeah, I've never had one. Oh, you got to go get yourself one. I don't really, I don't go there. So I've just never gone out of my way just, to go get one. There's not so really much go, hold on, hold that on. I feel like I should get one, you know? It's not really going out of your way considering there's a McDonald's every 47 feet, no matter where you're driving. Um, so definitely swing through a drive through and pick one up. And yeah, so here's the only issue. You've never had one. So you've just had all these years of hype and people building it up is so great that it might not uh, knock your socks off there. Well, someone tweeted the other day that life just really seems to pick up when shamrock shake season comes around. So apparently you are not the only one that has this opinion of shamrock shakes. <laughs> so I'm going to have to try one and do a taste test and report back. There you go. Next Instagram live reels, you can live taste this shamrock shake. What kind of cocktail is it if you add booze to a shamrock shake? <laughs> We're going to go ahead and call that the drunken shamrock, I guess. <laughs> the drunken <laughs> shamrock. I like it. Um, point another, Someone's definitely done this. <laughs> another um, popular thing around this year in the uh, food and drink department is the green beer that comes out around this time of year, Bud Light and all the other big domestic ones and all the bars, they all add food coloring and everything to their beer. So if you go out to any bars or anything this time of year, you definitely grab pictures of uh, green beer. So have does, you had any of that? I haven't. And I've always been kind of weirded out by it. Does the food color affect the flavor and consistency of the beer? Because I feel like it would. I've never had one. Oh, so Again, we might need so to add this that, to yeah. the, the try list. I know. I'll have to track one down. Yeah, I'll, I don't know. A lot of places are doing it this year, though. Well, I was I was doing some research heading up on this, uh, you know, research intense podcast of ours, and I was making sure I did my due diligence, and places are doing it. They're out there. But I also found a lot of people online that have recipes, and they make it themselves. And I think basically you probably just drop some green food coloring into any old beer. So people are doing that as well. But so you can just home, you can just do it yourself. You just take a bottle of green food coloring. You just dump it in your beer and you see if it tastes good. Sounds really appetizing. I, I, really, it shouldn't affect the taste all that much. I don't think food coloring usually does, but maybe never know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe don't know till you try it that's true also that uh who is it um is it far from the tree in salem the cider company that has that mm -hmm. ectoplasm cider that's true they have their green I cider have to there. Try that. i have to try that as well i haven't been there and then another uh favorite around this time of year is magner's irish cider if you're into the hard cider game, Magners is definitely worth picking up if you see it at your local store anywhere. Um, well, the majority of cocktails that I found for 
Irish whiskey recipes centered around Jameson. That's the that's the big one. You know, when you yeah. think Irish whiskey, Jameson's the one you think. And the other big one now out there is uh, Dewar's. I believe there's a lot of Dewar's as well. But Jameson's definitely the one. And then you got uh, Conor McGregor's the Proper 12. That was uh, before. So here, before the Napoleon Castle was my first real good bottle of Irish whiskey that I bought. And then the Redbreast 12 here. Uh, I had only ever tried Jameson and Proper 12. So I never really got into Irish whiskey because neither of those really, you know, did anything for me compared to what I was normally used to drinking with, uh, you know, bourbons and rye and scotch and stuff that I tended to like. But the Napoleon Castle, first off, I haven't really gotten to try the Redbreast yet. So this one tonight, it'll be like my first time getting into it. But the Napoleon Castle, definitely definitely changed my mind on irish whiskey and opened my eyes a little bit because when i poured myself a dram of it the other day and got to tasting it it's really one of the smoothest whiskeys and a really flavorful whiskey that i've had so far and uh on a tasting note i was you know trying to smell i'm still not very skilled with my whiskey tasting whiskey uh you know, pulling out the tasting notes and the nose notes and everything. But when I was sniffing it, I was having a hard time really pinning it down. And what I've really come up with is that I find this one, the Napoleon Castle, very similar to some of the rye whiskeys that I like. And on the nose, it was really, you know, it wasn't sweet. It wasn't, you know, vanilla or anything like that, that you might have in uh, like a scotch, you might have that sweetness, citrusness, or an Isla one, like when we were talking to strength and scotch guys recently, uh, that smokiness, you didn't have any of those different flavors. It was really almost more of like a herbal grassiness to it. And almost like a sharp, like a spicy nose, like it's stung a little bit, not bad, but you could definitely sense that. And on the taste, definitely, definitely more of that um, grain and grassy taste that you'd get out of a rye whiskey but super smooth uh again you know it's not something that is going to really burn going down burn your tongue or anything like a you know a high abv bourbon might for example so i think for someone that's just getting into whiskey uh, this would be a really great entry bottle or a really great one to jump into before going into anything higher and i think it's a great representation I would say of my few, you know, limited selection of Irish whiskeys is definitely my favorite one so far with the caveat that I've yet to really try this red breast over here. Well, I was reading that what makes Irish whiskey Irish whiskey is that it has to be made using malted barley. So that was, that was interesting to learn. And I don't know much about all whiskeys. We did learn a little bit about them on a previous podcast, but do you know more about what makes an Irish whiskey different in terms of flavor or is it all dependent on the producer? I don't know a ton on, I think it's going to probably depend on the producer because the few different ones that I've tried do all have, you know, completely different, you know, yeah. none of them are the same. So I don't think you can really put them all in the same bucket on that note, but obviously they're from Ireland. <laughs> um, that's, they are from Ireland. One thing, that is true. One thing that I find with the <laughs> Irish whiskeys is that they tend to be cheaper on a, on your average than um, 
like their Scotch counterparts for the most part, like the Napogue Castle for this same flavor and quality, I guess, in a Scotch from the ones that I've tried, at least you're probably looking at 10 to 15 more dollars a bottle. You know, you're instead of being 35, 30, you're probably looking around closer to 50 for like a good 12 year Scotch single malt. Um, Red breast was a little bit more on the pricey side. You're looking at, you know, some places you'll find it cheaper, like around you at like a total wine. It's probably in the 50s, 53, 55, something like that. But uh, around me, it was like 65 everywhere that I saw it. Uh, and that might be because of a St. Patrick's Day markup that the supermarkets and the uh, liquor stores are all putting on them. I oh, I'm sure they are. Them. Uh, they have the big yellow tags on them here. Get this for <laughs> St. Patrick's Day. Um, but chances are, I feel like they're probably getting their money's worth around this time of the year on them. But so, yeah, I definitely would say compared to other whiskeys that I've had, they tend to be smoother and less heavy on like the uh, heat and that high alcohol, like that burn. It's also interesting that Irish whiskey uses an E. And so does, I believe, so do, I believe, a lot of the U.S. whiskeys. Yep. But then there are other countries that don't use the E. They drop it completely, and it's just whiskey. Yep. Without... In Scotland, it's all whiskey with a no E. W. I bet that confuses a lot of people. Yeah, I, I don't really look at that as much. I think what's coming before it on the label tends to matter a little bit more than that, because as you know... um who we have coming on tomorrow night uh, and to be re released a little bit later this month is Wiggly Bridge. And they're an American, you know, distillery up here in Maine and they're making bourbon and white whiskey and they don't use the E. So, you know, that's, uh, I don't think it really, yeah. Uh, and we'll get into that a little bit more with them. So stay tuned, but have you, do you have the Napogue Castle here in front of you? I want you to taste it straight up. Not the straight up, but I can go get it. Why don't we'll, we'll wait on that. It's fine. You got it in your cocktail. Um, so you've had a little bit of an exposure, so you, we can wait. Uh, but do you want to start, lead us off with the red breast? Do you have that with you? You're going to kill me. Why? We have lost the nip. Lost one? We, we tasted it last night at Paul's house and I had left it there. Oh, uh, no. Which one? The red breast. Do you have the... I did, ta I did taste it, though. So the kind counts. Do you have the Napogue? Yeah, I have that right here. All right. So we can try that one and then uh, that's fine. I mean, Let's I know I like, I like the red breast. Yeah, and you, so. you said you tried that one before. You've had it. Yada, yada, yada. We'll give so it to you. You it's can fine. do the tasting on the red breast. Ah, Lucky all you. up to me, huh? All the spotlights on you today. <laughs> you know I smell it. Yeah, because you're drinking it out of a nip bottle. I usually just pour them into shot glasses, but they're dirty, so I'm not doing that right now. But this, so it definitely isn't as smoky as some of the whiskeys that I've tried, so I will say that for it. I don't think that it's quite as like heavy on my palate. But then again, it could just be me because you're giving me that look like that's not right. No, 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 no. I think I think you're <laughs> completely right on both of those things. I'm just listening in intently and trying to think. Um, there shouldn't really be, as far as what I've tasted and knowing how these are made, I don't think there really should be any smokiness. 
in any of the Irish whiskeys. So I think you're right on the money there. And like I said, this is a really light, smooth whiskey and uh, one that goes down easy. So I'm with you on that one as well. So great job. Do you like the bottle that it comes in? It is a nice That bottle. counts for anything? Yeah. They show it on their website. I have to say this, on ice. And when we were talking to Strength of Scotch since you brought them up, they mentioned that you shouldn't put it on ice. Am I remembering that correctly? Mm-hmm. So I'm interested as to why on their homepage, it clearly shows a full glass with ice. Now, is it ice or is it those frozen ice cube things? Looks like ice. Yeah, well, there you go. I guess teach their own, right? Um, the there reason why for anyone listening that you wouldn't want to use ice is because the ice can actually really mess with and change the way that you taste the whiskey based on, I believe the temperature and just the fact that the ice being so cold can sort of change, I guess, the makeup of the whiskey and you won't get the same experience. Whereas if you want to dilute it to make it a little bit smoother, what I started doing is uh, I have a little dropper, like a little water dropper and you just splash a couple little drops of distilled water in there. And that will actually open it up and smoothen it out and allow you to get some more different. You're very advanced. So not that advanced. I took it out of an old, <laughs> uh, it was some kind of, uh, oh, what was it? <laughs> it was like, um, I can't think of the name, like an extract bottle or something like that. Something from food or food coloring or anything. I had just an empty bottle, something like that. And I just spent a whole bunch of time cleaning that out and making sure there was no odors or taste or anything in it and repurposed it. So not that advanced. I didn't go out and make a big investment into this, you know, risky this, but I wanted to try that because I found trying to splash a couple drops of water in there from a spoon or what have you, or anything else or out of a glass uh, tends to not work out all the time. You might end up putting a little bit too much water in your whiskey. Um, so I wanted to step it up that way, but I want to get it to taste in this red breast. This is one that I'm really excited about. Um, it's actually the strength and scotch whiskey club pick of the month. So this is what we'll be tasting with them later this month. Um, but they're basically a brand ambassador for our podcast friends. Hey, they're awesome. Why not? Right. <laughs> uh, but so this whiskey is the red breast single pot still Irish whiskey again, age 12 years. So it's another, um, triple distilled Irish whiskey. Uh, they say here on their bottle, it is a rich mix of dried fruit and spice with toasted oak and sherry undertones. So let's see if we get any of that stuff out of it. But I'm going to sniff it now in my fancy little Glencairn glass. Get my nose up in there. It's like <laughs> ASMR for all of our listeners. You sniffing out of your glass. Oh, smells good. Go. Um, definitely, uh, compared to the Napogue, I will say definitely sweeter on the nose. Um, also seems a little bit harsher on the nose, like in a way, almost more, uh, more of a tingle, more of a spice, uh, that might be blocking, you know, as much as some of the smells compared. I wonder looking at it, if it might be, what is this now? Nah, they're both, yeah, 40 and 43. So that's off. So that's not it. But yeah, so that's what I'm getting. Definitely sweeter on the nose, almost like a berry type of smell, berry, cherry, something like that.
tasting it. Another, another super smooth, mellow one. Um, hmm. I wish you had it to try it out too. So you didn't have to just watch me enjoying it. I was doing some research. Our favorite thing to do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this thing, it's super smooth. It's going down like water on the, uh, when it comes to, I guess, a mouthfeel, like it's uh, just very, very easy to drink. There's no burn or anything. It's not thick or heavy. It doesn't coat your throat too much or anything. Um, really light and smooth. Uh, on a, I guess I can see where they're saying with the, uh, the oak taste there's definitely some of the uh barrel notes that i would expect pulling out of like a bourbon or something a little bit like that not really you know almost like a sort of wood taste i guess i don't know it's tough i'm having trouble pulling the flavors out of this one but again i am not very trained i am not that experienced but it is tasty i will say that i think between these two if I had to pick a everyday drinking Irish whiskey, I prefer the Napoleon Castle. Um, this one's definitely a little bit, I don't want to say harsher, but a little bit hotter in a sense that going down into your throat and your chest and stuff you definitely feel it more than you did with the napoleon castle and uh i'd say some of the sweetness some of the fruity characteristics from the nose definitely come through with the taste as well um and that's about all i can really say about it but well i went back and found since you seem surprised by the whiskey, irish whiskey japanese pairing i went back and found the menu from two years ago wow <laughs> somehow so it's your they, expert research they truly did pair it with some really interesting stuff mostly um there was like tempura there was all sorts of like um like mandarin soy flavors uh they also kind of mixed it in with some really interesting things that were not like chicken liver mousse so it was a pretty weird menu. It was <laughs> it was definitely a mixed bag of things, but I do remember them pairing each course specifically. And it really wasn't bad then with the Japanese foods, but they also did put them into like cocktail form. So the cocktails consisted of like, one of them was more of like a cream-based cocktail like I'm drinking now. One of them was more of like a citrus cocktail which I could see pairing well with some sort of like a, a sushi or some sort of interesting like bright Japanese flavor like soy. So, you know, it's not completely out there to think that the flavors would match. No, hey, yeah, I don't disagree. I, it's one of the, um, I've been to, a Japanese restaurant before and paired up some of that and some sushi and some different foods like that. 
with uh was it it was like a kentucky mule it was like a bourbon version of a moscow mule for example and that paired well just fine i know japanese whiskey is pretty popular so i could see uh that pairing well in a cocktail form with those foods so i definitely uh yeah i could see that um i actually had some sushi last night and i don't think it would be my drink of choice choice to pair with it but you never know until you try it yeah there you go i was also just looking at the Napoque website and they have some pretty interesting cocktails on there so i'm definitely going to try some of these one of those called irish fried rice like so out there one of them is called Shay Lay Lay, which is a green cocktail. So this one's perfect for St. Patrick's Day. And let's see how they make it. It's made with matcha tea. So that's what makes it green. Definitely have some Alex drinks that. We got some matcha tea powder over there. What's in that? Let's give me that recipe. That one is the Napoque, obviously. Coconut water, cane sugar syrup, and matcha tea. And then you garnish it with a cinnamon stick sounds interesting and i think i have to try the razzle dazzle just for fun what's the razzle dazzle give me that one (laughs) it's pineapple rum lime juice mint syrup absinthe which i know you said you didn't love and mascarpone which i think is is that a cream i think it's cream i have no idea I think it is. Or is it? I'm looking it up. Find out. <laughs> Mascarpone. Cheese. Cheese. There you go. Cheese. Why didn't you know that? You're the cheese. I should have known that. Why did I think should have known that? I think it's because it's like a creamy cheese. So I. Not your thing. I don't know. I just don't think I've ever had. I've probably eaten it in things. You'll have to make it onto your next uh, cheese board. Well. Pair it up with your razzle dazzle. I think it's more of a dessert cheese, but I am gonna do. I'm doing a cheese board on Friday, but I am gonna do, and I know we just partnered with Dino's. It's not Dino's, but I'm making a shamrock green pasta for St. Patrick's Day. So it's actually shaped like a little shamrock. It's really cute. Nice. Yeah, exciting stuff. But I think that's it for. St. Patrick's Day and our lack of being Irish. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So for everyone listening, if you have some cool Irish whiskey cocktails to share with us, let us know. We are always looking for new things. Uh, You'll see what we're up to. We'll share our cocktails that we've been putting together for the next couple of days. So you have some stuff to make. And before we leave, let's have Nick give us his recommendation on which Irish whiskey you should get for St. Patrick's Day, just on time. You can pick it up tomorrow. I am going to recommend the Napogue Castle. Uh, if you're someone that is more into uh, a hot bourbon, like a higher ABV bourbon, I would say go with the Redbreast 12. But the Napogue Castle, Napogue Castle is going to be my blanket recommendation due to its smoothness, it's a, just a great taste, great flavor, and it's also pretty accessible at the price range. I think it's just a phenomenal value at the $35 that I paid for the bottle, and you'll probably find it even cheaper near you because stuff tends to be more expensive around me. But I can vouch for it being good in the cocktail, and it yeah. wasn't bad straight either, and that's not that's unusual for me to say. So I will say I could 
probably drink this by itself. It would just take a lot more of my patience. <laughs> <laughs> but this is good. So we'll share our cocktails over on Uncork Corner. So you can follow us wherever. We're all over social. Tag us if you make anything and let us know what you like to make because we, again, are always looking for your recommendations. Uh, and Nick loves his whiskey. So anything new, we will pick it up and we will try it. All right. Well, I think that does it for tonight. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day, uh, everybody. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Be sure to follow us on social at Uncorked Corner and on the blog at uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a comment, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thanks for listening. Thanks.